Good morning. So glad that you're here with us this morning. We're going to be in Matthew 7, uh, if you have your Bible. Hey, don't you just love uh, when people judge you? Don't you just love that? I mean, actually hate it, right? Don't you hate when people judge you? Like, you're just kind of living your life happy in your little bubble that is your life and minding your own business, and they come up like, you shouldn't eat that second dozen donuts. Or like, you shouldn't drive 85, or you shouldn't cuss out strangers. I mean, it's crazy, right? It's just, it's just you should get a job. You should drink less Pepsi. It's like, hey, don't judge me, right? Like, don't be coming into my life judging me, trying to tell me how to do my life. I'll do me, and you do you. Don't, don't you just hate when people judge you like that? How many of you have been told sometime by someone that you shouldn't judge. Has anybody ever heard that before? You just shouldn't judge. Now, how many of you yourself believe that? You'd say, yeah, I believe that. You shouldn't judge. Anybody? Like, you just shouldn't. You shouldn't judge. I'm judging the people who refuse to raise their hands <laughs> right now. I don't understand it. Okay. Uh, have you ever been, though, in a situation where you're trying to help someone? You're trying to help someone get out of a destructive life pattern. You're trying to help someone uh, get out of harm's way. Trying to help them in love and, and with grace. And then they say, like the, they quote like the only scripture they know in the Bible. They say, judge not, what? Lest you be judged. Judge not lest you be judged. I think it's like America's favorite verse. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's something like that. It's at least better people's favorite verse, right? It's at least people living in sin who don't want to get out of sin. It's their favorite verse. Judge not lest you be judged. They love that. They love that. Hey, I love that you've been, you know, coming to church and you've given your life to Christ. And we've seen you take these next steps towards God. It's so great. I'm so glad that that's happening. I just want to take a moment and encourage you to maybe watch what you post on Facebook. Like maybe don't throw the F-bomb out on Facebook. I'm just throwing it out there. Like maybe you don't post naked pictures of girls on Facebook. Maybe, maybe you don't post all of these like Buddhist New Age sayings on Facebook since you've given your life to Christ. And they go, whoa, I'm feeling judged, Pastor. Judge not lest you be judged, right? Judge not lest you be judged. Or somebody will come in and go, Pastor, I need your help. My family is falling apart. Our kids hate us. Our relationship is all messed up. I need, I need help. And, I, and I'll say something like, well, I think the first thing you need to do is, is get married, like to each other. I think that would be a good idea. I mean, you're, you're living together. You're, you're having sex outside of marriage. I don't have to guess at that. You've got kids, right? <laughs> that's just the way it works. I know it's happening. And so let, let's just, I think maybe... You should get married because before you get married, if you continue to live in sin, you're not inviting God's blessing on your life. You're inviting God's wrath against sin, and that's a serious thing. And so before we can ask God to bless you and, and fix you and, and fix all these problems, you need to get married and stop making a mockery of God's design for marriage. And they go, whoa, I came in here for help. Come on. You can't judge me, Pastor. Don't you know you're not supposed to judge? I mean, doesn't the Bible say? What? Judge not, lest you be judged. Doesn't the Bible say that? And it's true. The Bible does say that. It's in Matthew 7. Jesus says that in Matthew 7. But is that what Jesus is saying in Matthew 7? 
Don't call people out. Don't mention actions. Don't mention sinful behavior. Don't talk about sin. Is that what Jesus is saying? No, but that's, a, that's what a lot of us have defaulted to, isn't it? That's what we've kind of defaulted to. But, but is it right? So the question I want to answer today or try to answer today is, should Christians judge? Should Christians judge? So today we are wrapping up a six-week series on the Sermon on the Mount called Red Letters. And we've taken just six passages from the Sermon on the Mount, not all of it, and we've talked through them through the last five weeks. Today is week number six. And I've tried every week to remind you of the context of the Sermon on the Mount because I think context, like what's happening, who's there, what happens in the verses before and after, that kind of thing, I think it helps helps us, it's very important for us as we try to understand God's word, right? Context is important. And so uh, what's happening in Matthew uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 is that Jesus has been preaching for a while. Actually, Matthew 4, 17 says that he was preaching this message, repent, which means to change. So change direction because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. And so all these people are saying, yeah, we want to follow you. We want to do this thing. We want to repent. And so the Sermon on the Mount is really Jesus having this big, like, family meeting, this big team meeting, and, and he's going, okay, this is what that means. Here's what it means. And he just kind of lays out very specifically and directly what this means. And it's, it's the longest uninterrupted collection of Jesus' words in the Bible, and his words are usually read in your Bible, so that's why we've called it Red letters. But Jesus is taking on all these relevant topics, anger, divorce, and prayer, and revenge, and fasting, and worrying, and anxiety, and all of these different things. And he says over and over and over, don't be like them. Matthew 6, 8, don't be like them. Don't be like the Gentiles. Don't be like the Jews. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the world. Don't be like them. I've called you to be something different. And so he's drawing these lines to say this is what it looks like to be one of my followers. And it's not easy, is it? I mean, what we've studied so far, what we've looked at in the Sermon on the Mount, it's not easy. We've looked at in this series alone, your anger, lust, divorce. Money. Last week we talked about worry and anxiety. And it hasn't been easy. Jesus is serious. I mean, this is, this is not a game. This is not like just come in on Sunday morning, sit down for an hour, and leave the same and check it off of your list. This is, this is serious. Heaven and hell hang in the balance. I mean, Jesus is serious in the Sermon on the Mount. And our natural tendency is to go, okay, I want to follow Jesus, but where's the line? Like, where's my lane? Like, what does this following Jesus thing actually mean for my daily life? Like, can I get this close? Can I still do this over here? Is this crossing the line? Living in this way over here, is that crossing the line? Like, where is my lane? That's our natural tendency. And so Jesus is answering that question. He's going very directly, very clearly, no room for misunderstanding or misinterpretation in the Sermon on the Mount. He's going, this is where your lane is. This is what my family will look like. This is how they will lead, how they will live and lead. That's the Sermon on the Mount. So this week, Jesus' topic is judging. 
It's judging. Should Christians judge or not? We'll be predominantly in Matthew chapter 7, but we will jump to Luke 6 here in a minute just for a moment. So Matthew chapter 7, look at the first two verses in Matthew chapter 7. Red letters, Jesus speaking, he says towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's stop there for a second. So there it is. America's favorite verse, right? Judge not that you be not judged. Judge not lest you be judged. That's what he just said. And what we tend to do is we we will pluck Matthew 7 verse 1 out of its context and try to make it stand alone and answer all of our questions about judging and and that can be problematic, right? That can be troublesome. What we really should do is probably just keep reading, right? We should keep reading a little bit and not stop here and not put it on a mirror in our wall without looking at the context because when we pluck a, a verse out of its context like that, it's just lazy Bible reading, right? And if we kept reading, Jesus is definitely going to explain what he means by judge not that you be not judged. He's going to explain that. But before we look at that in Matthew 7, look at Luke chapter 6, starting in verse 39. Luke 6 has a passage, what we call a parallel passage, to Matthew 7. So it's either the same event from a different account, or it's just Jesus talking about the same thing another time. Does that make sense? And in Luke chapter 6, before Jesus goes on, he, has, he says something, two verses, that I want us to see. So this is just before what we're about to study in Matthew chapter 7, Luke 6, 39. He says, can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Let's do this. You guys, you guys want to play a game? Let's play a game today. You guys came to church ready to be, ready to play a game. All right, so we're going to play a game. We're going to call it the blind game. Okay, everybody say the blind game. We're going to call it the blind game. And what this is is that you're going to close your eyes and I'm going to throw stuff at you. No, I'm kidding. That's not what we're going to do. But I need two contestants. I've already talked to two contestants. And so Steve and Steph, would you guys come up, meet me over here. Give them a round of applause and say, come. All right, you ready? (laughs) All right. Steve said he wants to know the rules, but I don't think that's really necessary, all right? Here's a mic. Okay, have you ever played the game in, like, youth or something else? Maybe you play this at home, I don't know. But where one of you is blindfolded and the other one has to lead them through some obstacles to get to the end. Have you ever done that? Like you have to use your voice. You ever seen that? Yeah. Seen that done? Here, actually, I'll give you this mic for a second. So you see, so you're, you're like saying like, hey, 10 steps, take a right, left, watch out for the fire, that kind of thing. Okay. All right. So we're going to play that game this morning. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Which one of you wants to be the shot caller, the one who can see, and which one of you wants to be the one who is blind? Are we doing it like it is at home or are we going <laughs> to flip it up a little bit? <laughs> 
Uh, that's, that's okay. All right, so Steph's decision. decision. You'll be blind. All right, that's, that was taking one for the team. I like that. All right, now, Steve, I need you to hold this mic right here so we can hear what All you're right. saying. So this is very simple. What we're going to do, I'll lead you over here, Steph. Okay. What we're going to do is try to get to that flag over there. Within the black lines. Don't be trying to cheat, all right? <laughs> within the black lines. And um, you have five seconds to do it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're going to put a timer up and see if you can make it in like 60 seconds, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever. The faster, the better, all right? Okay. The faster, the better. So that's what we're going to do. So ready? everybody ready out there? Ready. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Walk straight, walk straight. Go, 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 go. Right, right. <laughs> go, no, uh, go. Straight, straight, straight. Right, 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 right. Hurry, hurry, right, right. Go, 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 go. Left, 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 left. Uh-oh. Turn right, right. The half step, right. Now go right. Move your feet. Now left. Straight, 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 straight. Go straight. Go. <laughs> she doesn't know to where your straight left. is. To your left. She doesn't know. Turn left. Now walk straight. 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 Turn left. Turn left. Keep going straight. 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 Go straight. Go straight. Go straight. Turn right. Turn right. Go straight. Now you can go faster. Straight ahead. No, no. Go to your right a little bit. To your right. Walk straight ahead. Walk straight ahead. No. Turn to your right. Just a little bit. Now walk straight. Go. 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 We're out of time, babe. Go. Keep going. Now reach to your right. Out to the front, to the front. <laughs> to your right, just a little I bit. I think she needs some assistance. Oh, right over there, there. Yeah. a little bit further. Just a little bit further. To your right. This thing forever. You almost, you almost got it. Yeah, you made it. Good job. Okay. Give them a round of applause. They did awesome, didn't you? They did it. I think, I don't know how many seconds it was, but I think it was like six. Steph, stay down there for a second. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this game again, okay? But Steph, you're going to lead Steve back to you. Now you got some payback time, okay? But here, so here's the deal. You want to you put that on. And um, here's the thing, though, Steph. This time, both of you are going to be blindfolded, okay? <laughs> so do you remember how to, so just keep, just put the blindfold on for a second, okay? So you're just going to try to leave Steve lead Steve. Steve, she's blindfolded. <laughs> Steph, do you remember, do you remember, do you remember what the, what the course looked like? Okay, we just moved it, so it's all different now, okay, it's all different now. We just moved it. All right, ready, set, go. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. All right, we're not going to do this. <laughs> Take the blindfolds off, give them a round of applause. Hey, we've got, um, come on down. We've got a prize for you guys. Uh, I think we went and got like an explorer <laughs> compass and binoculars that I think you're going to love. And then also a gift certificate to Michael's for okay. some lunch, okay? So thank you for that. So it doesn't work if they're both blind, right? I mean, think about a second helping a blind person across a busy intersection. Now think about that. Think about doing it with a blindfold on. How's that going to work? It's not going to work, right? Jesus says the blind can't lead the blind. It doesn't work out. If you're going to be in my family, if you're going to be one of mine, if you're going to lead people who are blind to me to receive their sight, you're going to, be have, you're going to have to be able to see. 
You're going to have to be able to see to get him there, to lead the blind in. But notice he didn't say that there will be no leading of people, right? He didn't say that there will be no helping people through the obstacles, through the difficulties to get to him. He just said that if you're blind, you're not qualified. You're not qualified. Why? Because you'll lead yourself and the other person into a wall into a pit, into a busy street, right? And you'll get hit by a car. He he said something similar in Matthew chapter 15 about the Pharisees. He said, they're blind guides. And if they're blind, leading the blind, they're going to end up in a pit. They'll fall into a pit. So then, what's the responsibility of the person who can see? I mean, if you're the one who's not blind, what's your job? Isn't it to to tell the blind person where the pitfalls are? Isn't it to tell them where the obstacles are? They can't see it for whatever reason, but you can. It's blind to them. They're blind to it. They can't see it, but you can see it. You fell in it before, and it was hell getting back out, and you know exactly where that leads. And so you're telling them, don't go that way. Don't go down that path. Watch out. There's a hole there. The direction you're going down right now, I've been there. It leads to pain. Don't go that way. You're about to fall off the stage, right? You're about to fall off. You're about to fall into a pit. You're about to enter some pain. Jesus didn't say, don't lead. Don't correct. Don't ever judge. He just said, if you're blind... You're not qualified. Well, what makes a person blind? I mean, what is Jesus talking about? What did he mean by that? I'm glad you asked. Because I have some good news. Jesus answered. All we have to do is keep reading. Look at Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 3. Back to the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has just said America's favorite verse, judge not, that you be not judged. Our question today is, should Christians judge? Verse 3, Jesus says, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the, the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. The the speck, the log, Jesus is talking about blind spots, right? He's talking about blind spots. But again, is Jesus saying that we shouldn't help another Christian with the speck in their eye? Is Is that what he's saying? No. But that's the way we've taken this, right? That's the way we've gone with this. This verse is used a lot like the whole judge not lest you be judged verse. It comes out when someone's been called out, right? And it's usually the person who's been called out that quotes this. It goes something like this, usually. You're called out lovingly with grace for your own Good, somebody confronts you, talks to you in private about what is going on in your life, trying to help you, and your answer is to go, oh, this is what we're doing today, okay? All right, I'm surprised you can see the tiny, tiny, little, tiny speck in my eye when you got that 
huge log in your fat head. <laughs> Why don't you take the log out of your gargantuan head, and then you can see my tiny, tiny little speck that I got going on in my eye, right? It's like, oh, I didn't think I was going to get an arch rival today, but here we are. Let's do this. It's always something like that. When we're called out, we immediately begin pointing out things in the other person's life that are problematic to to try to kind of discredit them in some way. Even though the truth is we were just called out about something that is a legitimate problem in our own lives. A legitimate, sinful, destructive behavior that we are involved in. As if any amount of log in their eye would change the fact that we've got an issue that needs to be dealt with. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't matter if the other person has a speck, a log, or an oak tree in their eye. The issue pointed out in us is still an issue. It's like hey, he's trying to tell me that I should stop partying or he's trying to tell me that I should stop being prideful or stop being greedy and give more or or whatever. But but I saw him put a soda can into the regular trash the other day. I mean, he doesn't even recycle. He needs to take the log out of his eye, right? Who does he think he is telling me I've got problems? Or, Or I know he doesn't eat organic. Or drive a hybrid, or make sure his chicken is cage free. He needs to deal with his own sin problem before he comes and talks. Who does he think he is? Get that log out of his eye. We're just looking for something, anything, anything to point out in them to get the focus off of us. But what do those things have to do with each other? Nothing. The fact is, You were called out, and even though it was done in love and with grace, it rubbed you the wrong way. You didn't like it. Because you know you shouldn't be doing whatever it is you're doing. Or you should be doing whatever it is they're talking to you about. But that's the game we play, because if I can find an enemy to fight in them, I don't have to worry about fighting the enemy in me. So applying this verse in Matthew 7 from the side of the person who just got called out about their sin, that's not really what Jesus is getting at. And he's not, he's not saying you can't point out the speck in your brother's eye, is he? No. What Jesus is doing is talking about living in a hypocritical way where you would call out other people's problems, issues, sins, and be unwilling to deal with your own. Jesus isn't saying don't ever judge. He's saying don't be judgmental. There's a difference. Judgmental is when you do this all the time and it's your M.O. Like you walk around going, you shouldn't do that. You you need to change. That's sin. Watch out. Oh, my gosh, I thought you were a Christian, right? Like being judgmental. That's, That's being judgmental. Judgmental is I take pleasure in this. All the while living in sin, in secret, in your thoughts, or right out in the open. Jesus is going, judge, just don't be judgmental. Judge, just make sure you're dealing with your own junk yourself. Because the blind can't lead the blind. So we're not supposed to walk up to someone and act like we've got it all together. Like like if you're a jerk, you're just rude to people all the time. 
Maybe you shouldn't walk up and just call other people's sin out. Maybe. Maybe, first, you should stop being a jerk, right? Deal with whatever's in your own life first, then go and talk to, or begin to deal with that, and then go and talk to someone else if you see something that they're involved in that is destructive. Like, like if, you're, if you're living in open sin, if you're getting drunk all the time, or you're living with someone who's not your spouse, or, or whatever, maybe you shouldn't go and start calling other Christians out about their sins. Maybe first you should deal with those things, or begin to deal with those things, so that you can see clearly when you go to help a brother or sister who is struggling. Do that first. Now, this doesn't mean you have to be perfect, right? But, and I, and I think that's where this has been misunderstood, this Matthew 7 verse. Because we go, well, I have issues, and I'll always have issues, and, I, and I'm sinful, and I'm not perfect, and so I'm just, I, who am I, right? Who am I to call this person out? Who am I to talk to this other Christian about a sinful, destructive behavior they're involved in? Who, like, who am I? I'm not perfect, But that's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying, be honest about your issues. Make sure you're open to others helping you get the stuff out of your eyes so that you can see clearly. But by all means, help your brother get the speck or the log or the oak tree out of their their eye before they end up in a pit. Help them. Listen, beloved, it's not loving to not tell another believer that you do life with when they're heading down a path that you know will end badly. That's not loving. That's not noble. That's not humble. That's cowardly. That's weak. And it may be evil to watch a brother or sister in Christ head towards something that is going to be painful, to watch them walking or sprinting towards a cliff and just go, well, I guess I'll figure it out. I mean, who am I, right? Who am I to stop them from running off a cliff? Like, I'm not perfect. And they may get mad at me if I tell them there's a cliff ahead. So I guess I'll figure it out. That's not the way of Christ, It's the same as if you saw a blind person step into a busy intersection because the guy next to him didn't do anything to help him. No. Blind people need help. And you and I, we, we're all blind at one time or another. We're blind in certain areas. We all have these blind spots that we need others to come along and point out. And so at different times, we'll play different roles. Sometimes we'll be the blind person being led. Other times we'll be the person leading the blind to Jesus and around obstacles. And I think that's what Jesus is saying. It's okay to lead the blind. Just be honest when you can't see. Don't get your roles mixed up, right? Don't get your roles mixed up. There are times that you need to be led. Otherwise, you'll end up in a pit with another blind person you tried to lead, right? You need to be honest about that. And a side note here, this all happens in the context of relationship, in the context of community. So the question becomes, do you have relationships like this? Do you have people that you walk close enough with that would 
point out to you blind spots in your life that are leading you towards a cliff? Do you have people that you would point these things out to and help them? At Great Oaks, community like that happens or at least starts with life groups. So you're in a life group or you're doing life with other believers on a regular basis where this kind of thing can happen. If you're not in a life group, you're missing out. I think what Jesus says starting in verse 15 kind of solidifies this point a little bit. So skip down in Matthew chapter 7 to verse 15. Red letters, Jesus speaking. He says this. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. So back to our original question. Should Christians judge? Are we supposed to judge others or not? Reading these red letters of Jesus in Matthew 7, it sure seems like we're supposed to be making some judgment calls here and there because Jesus didn't say, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye and try to help him with it. No, he said, first get the log out of your eye so that you can see clearly to help your brother or sister with the speck in their eye. So we're still supposed to help each other with the blind spots. And now... He's saying you'll know them by their fruits. And maybe you're looking at this going like, what does he mean? Like, you'll know them by what fruit they like? Like, what does it mean if they eat a lot of kiwi? What does that, what does that mean? Or maybe you're like, I know exactly what Jesus is talking about. He's saying you'll know that they are fruits. I got some fruits in my family. And if you don't have fruits in your family, you're the fruit, okay? That's, that's how that works because we all have them. So you must be it. That's not what he's talking about. So maybe, maybe this will help you understand. You'll know them. You'll know who they are, they really are, by what their lives produce. You'll know who they really are by what their lives produce. In other words, their character, their actions, how they deal with trials and tragedy and confrontation, their attitude, their reputation. These things will tell you where they're really at. And Jesus is saying that not everyone is what they seem, right? Not everybody who says the right things is what they seem. Not everybody who says things right is legit. Not every sheep is a sheep. Some of them are wolves, Jesus says. And you and I are supposed to look at someone and go, good tree or bad tree? And then make that decision, judge that, based on what is produced in their lives. Not based on what they say, not based on what kind of car they drive, not based on what family they come from, not based on the type of clothes they wear. And listen, not based on one mistake they made or one bad day or one bad word, not based on that either, but based on what their lives produce. What their lives produce. That's how we make that call. So 
Should Christians judge? Yes. Should Christians be judgmental? No. Should Christians go around calling everybody else's sin out and be unwilling to be confronted, to be corrected, to deal with the blind spots in their own lives? Absolutely not. But should we judge? Yeah. And one, one more quick caveat here that I think is important. I absolutely believe Christians are supposed to judge in the right way, with eyes open, working on their own issues at the same time, in love, with the interest of the other person at heart. But this whole thing we're talking about in Matthew 7, it's in the context of brothers and sisters in Christ, right? It's brothers. Walk up to your brother and help him with the speck. It's your sister and help them with the log that they don't see, the blind spot that they have. It's within the family of faith, inside the family of faith, those who call themselves Jesus followers. So listen, hear me. It makes absolutely no sense for you, a Christian, to judge someone who doesn't know Jesus. It makes no sense. Why? Because the only hope anyone has anywhere of following the commands of Christ and being more like Jesus is in Jesus. The only way we can do this is because of the powerful resurrection power of Christ at work in us. The only way we can do what Jesus is wanting us to do, live in the way the Sermon on the Mount is talking about living, is through the power of God the Holy Spirit. That is the only way. So they don't know Jesus. They don't know Jesus. This whole following Jesus thing is not found in a strong will or good discipline or trying hard enough to be a better person. That's not what this is. It's not common sense. It's not our natural state. There is nothing inside of us that can fix what's broken inside of us. We need outside help, and that outside help is Jesus. I thought you guys would get that. We need outside help, and that outside help is Jesus, Jesus right? It's Jesus. So, so within this whole thing, we don't judge outsiders. Let me just give you one more passage within this idea for you to chew on. It's 1 Corinthians 5. The Apostle Paul is writing instruction to the church in Corinth about how to deal with someone who says they're a Christian but is living outside of that, how to deal with sin in the church, okay? So look at what he writes in verse 11. This is 1 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 11. The Apostle Paul writes, But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. Look at verse 12. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. We are not to judge outsiders. It does no good. It makes no sense. They don't know Jesus. They haven't given their lives to Jesus. They haven't been transformed by the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. But if they bear the name of Jesus and choose to live in a way contrary to that name, then we should definitely 
Talk to them about it. Directly, with confidence, in love, with their interest at heart. But we should talk to them. We should make a judgment call and confront them on their sin. And then if they refuse, we should recognize what kind of tree they are. Jesus said, good tree, good fruit, bad tree, bad fruit. So we may have to go, okay, now I'm going to approach this person differently because they are a diseased tree bearing bad fruit. And so now instead of focusing on the inconsistencies in their lives as they're bearing the name of Jesus and living in a way contrary to that, instead of focusing on those inconsistencies, now I'm going to treat this person like somebody who doesn't really know Jesus, who hasn't really given their lives over to Christ. And so I'm going to talk to them about the truth and the love and the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ. I'm going to talk to them about that. We may have to, at that point, protect others from their influence because duplicity, two-facedness, is very, very dangerous, is it not? So we may have to protect others, we, but we continue to be honest with them, and we don't, we don't yoke our hearts together with them really closely like we would a brother or a sister in Christ because they're not walking in the way of Jesus. And if they continue down that path of duplicity, bearing the name of Jesus and yet living in a way that's contrary to that, there may be a point that we have to break fellowship with them altogether, 1 Corinthians 5 says. So, In these red letters, Jesus is talking about judging. We can't just pluck Matthew 7, 1 out of its context and make that the answer. Hopefully you see that it's a little more complicated than that. It's not that easy. You and I are absolutely called by Jesus to tell our brothers and sisters when in their lives they are heading towards a pit that they can't see, heading towards a cliff that they are blind to, in love. For their good. So so here's how I want to end today. Here's how I want to wrap up. There are a few different roles that we've touched on today, right? There's the one with the speck. This is a Christian who has an issue that needs to be dealt with, a blind spot that needs to be called out by a brother or sister. There's the one with the log. This is a Christian who has crossed the line into judgmentalism and hypocrisy. They have huge blind spots they're unwilling to deal with, and yet they're out calling other people's sins. There's the good tree. There's the bad tree. There's the false teacher. This is a wolf in sheep's clothing that Jesus talked about. In 1 Corinthians 5, the outsider who doesn't know Jesus and shouldn't be judged. Then there's the fake insider, right? The one who's bearing the name of Jesus but living contrary to that name. And then I mentioned, as we went through this message today, the cowardly Christian, scared to talk to other Christians about sin because they don't want to be screamed at, right? They don't want to get the, the bad side of that. They're scared. So all of these different roles... So the question becomes, which one are you? Which one of these are you? Maybe you're multiple, right? Maybe in, in one area of your life, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you today that you're blind, that you're headed towards a cliff, that you need help. And in another area of your life, maybe you're calling people's sin out when you're unwilling to deal with the log. And maybe in another 
area of your life. You're the person who can lead. You're the person who can help. You're the person who can call that out for their good. So you may be multiple of these, and many of these in different areas of your life. Maybe you take some time this week or today to pray about that. Maybe you take inventory and really get honest. Maybe you drop the act. Maybe you drop the act and you humbly ask somebody you trust for help dealing with your blind spots. Maybe you stop making excuses for that person and you just have a conversation with them for their good because you love them. But hear me. The blind can't lead the blind. So pray about what's going on in your heart first and then start to lead others. The blind cannot lead the blind. Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, they'll end up in a pit. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, God, that you've given us your word and your wisdom in an area of our lives that's very, very difficult, that's very hard to figure out what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. God, none of us wants to be a hypocrite. None of us want to live our lives in a way that we refuse to deal with our own issues and yet call other people out on their sin. God, none of us wants that for ourselves. And yet you've called us to help our brothers and sisters with their blind spots. And so, God, I pray that you would help us figure out, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help us figure out where we are blind and where we can see. I pray that we would with confidence approach our brothers and sisters to try to help them out of a bad situation, try to help them with their blind spots. And at the same time, we would be asking them and others to help us with our blind spots. Lord, I pray that we would never be the blind leading the blind, but we would also never be the people standing back, watching a brother or sister in Christ, blindfolded, walking towards a cliff, and do nothing. Let us not be that either. So in this moment, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, maybe, maybe it's just a time for you to, to figure out where you're at. Maybe you need to repent, ask God for forgiveness, change direction when it comes to judgmentalism. Maybe you're judgmental in the way that you approach this, and you need to confess that. You need to deal with your own sin. You need to get to a place where you're not getting pleasure out of calling other people out. Your motives need to change. Maybe you're in here and just the Lord is starting to kind of reveal some blind spots and you don't know what to do. It's going to be hard. It's difficult. You've set your life up this way and there's these huge holes, these huge gaps, these huge blind spots as you try to follow Jesus. And maybe you just need to confess of those and ask God for vision. Ask God to give you sight. Ask God to bring people you can trust, wise counselors, brothers and sisters, to point those things out and help lead you around the obstacles to a life in Christ. Maybe you're in here and 1 Corinthians 5 would call you an outsider. Listen, I, if you haven't given your life to Christ, I don't judge you. I have no right to, no basis to. 
The only way that I or anyone else can live for Jesus is by the power of Jesus at work in us. And so maybe you would say, that's me. I'm really, as I look at these roles, I'm really the outsider. You don't have to stay that way. You don't have to stay on the outside of this whole thing. You can today, in this moment, decide to give your life over to Jesus Christ. Decide to serve him, surrender to him. Ask him to come in and transform you. You've been walking blind to this point. But Jesus wants to give you sight. If that's you, just just ask him right now. Just ask him to give you sight. Ask him to change you. Ask him to make you new. Lord, I pray for all of us in these different areas, in these different roles. I pray, God, that you would lead us and guide us. I pray for those who have yet to give their lives over to you, that they would not leave here different than, but they would not leave here the same as they came in, but different, made new, a new creation. Being able to see things that they've never been able to see before. As always, God, I pray that whatever's of me today would be quickly forgotten, but whatever's of you would haunt us, would stay with us, would not fall to the wayside quickly. It's in your holy name that we pray. Everybody said amen. Why don't you stand with me? Here's my prayer for us today. May we love our brothers and sisters enough to help them where they're blind. May we be honest enough ourselves to admit where where we're blind. And above all else, may we lean into, find our lives, our future, our hope in these red letters of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for coming today. We've got prayer workers on the side that would love to pray with you. Sing this last song with us before you leave. And as always... My challenge to you is to not let this stop with you, not let this stop with you today, but to leave here and help others, just like you've been helped to take your next step towards God. Go help others take their next step towards God. Be Jesus followers who make and disciple other Jesus followers. We'll see you next week for Kingdom Builder Sunday. Don't miss it.